You are listening to the weekly sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church in Canton, South Dakota. We're a church that strives to make disciples of Jesus Christ who make a difference. To learn more, visit us at cantonsdumc.org. And now, here's Pastor Clay. Our scripture this morning comes to us from the Gospel of John in chapter 21. I'll be reading verses 4 through 17. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know it was Jesus. And Jesus said to them, Children, you have no fish, have you? And they answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. And so they cast it, and now they were, able to, they were not able to haul it in because of there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved has said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his clothes, for he was naked, and he jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, because they were not far from land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come, let us have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they all knew it was Jesus. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter felt hurt because he said to him a third time, Do you love me? And so he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be holy and acceptable to you. For you, O God, are our rock, and you are our redeemer. And we give you thanks for who you are as we say together. Amen. The spring semester of my junior year of college almost broke me. I was taking my second semester of Greek grammar. I was taking a philosophy class with Dr. Kimlin Bender, who, by the way, to this very day, is one of the smartest and scariest people I know because he is that smart. And I was also back in a collegiate-level math class because USF required four credits of math and Northern State only required three. I thought I was done, but I wasn't. I was also working a job at an after-school program, and the job, to put it mildly, was dicey. 
I did one smart thing during that semester. I proactively asked my boss for a day off. I said to her, look, I know that at some point in time in the semester, I'm just going to need a day. I'm not asking for a specific day, but I'm asking to enter into a conversation about, uh, about just th- there being a day where I don't have to be here. So that was happened. And the semester went on, and I really thought like I was handling everything. I thought like it was going all well. I was checking things off the box and keeping my head down. And then the week happened. It started off on Monday. I had to sing in a solo class in front of a bunch of voice professors, and I received some not-so-constructive feedback. The wind ensemble was playing in chapel on a Tuesday, so as a percussionist, I had to move all the percussion stuff from from our band room to where we had chapel. Uh, There was a major Greek project due. I had exams coming up. And then there was work. That was the week that I had to deal with a runner. A kid got out and got loose and we had to track him down. That was the week that I had to deal with an angry cuddler, a kid that got so mad that he just clung to you and refused to let you go. And this was also the week where I dumped an entire bucket of dirty mop water on a carpeted area. The week happened. And honestly, I felt like I was managing all of it. I thought that it was going okay, but that I was walking through the student union and my cell phone rang and it was my boss. And she said to me, I don't need to see you today. You're not fired but I just don't need to see you today. As we continue our message series on the life and ministry of Simon Peter, we are picking up from where his worst moment was. Last week we talked about how Simon Peter had fallen so far, and now in this scripture from John's gospel, we see almost his crowning achievement. On the night that Jesus was betrayed by Judas, on the night that Jesus was arrested, on the night that Jesus was tried for blasphemy in a sham trial, the disciples all scattered. And Simon Peter denies Jesus three different times. And that's really the last we hear about Simon Peter until after the resurrection. After boldly proclaiming not to deny Jesus, after boldly promising that even if the other disciples fell away, Simon Peter wouldn't, after watching from a distance as Jesus appeared before Caiaphas, the high priest, Simon Peter disappears and really is not heard of again until the women come to the disciples on resurrection morning with this awesome and improbable news that Jesus is alive. And so Simon Peter was not there for so much. Simon Peter was not there for Jesus' final moments. Simon Peter is absent as Jesus cries in mortal agony. Simon Peter is gone when Joseph of Arimathea asks for the body of Jesus and he and Nicodemus lay Jesus in a new tomb. 
Simon Peter is missing when the stone is rolled into place. And to be honest with you, it could have been the end of Simon Peter's story. If Jesus' story ended in the tomb, that could have been the end of Simon Peter's story. Because Simon Peter could have been so overcome by his guilt and shame and remorse. But let us keep in mind what we talked about last week. Jesus is the Lord of the second chance. Jesus is the Lord of the second chance. And on this, in our scripture for this morning from John's gospel, Jesus offers Simon Peter a second chance, and it's the second chance that did break him in the best way possible. It's been at least a week since the resurrection, and the disciples are still trying to piece together all that happened and trying to figure out what to do next. And Simon Peter does what we all do from time to time. He retreats into something familiar. He gives his brain a break. He goes to where the disciples were gathered and says to them, I'm going fishing. And six of the eleven go with him. And stop me if you've heard this one before, they fish all night and they are unsuccessful. Until a figure on the shore shouts to them and says, Hey, have you all tried the other side? And the size of the catch leaves one possible explanation. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's the risen Savior. Jesus has decided to meet seven of his closest friends right where it all started. Right there on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. He makes breakfast and takes on the role of a servant one more time. And then Jesus and Simon Peter take the center stage of this story. For the first time that we know about. Since the night he was betrayed, Jesus and Simon are face to face, and Jesus and Simon interact. And while it's true that Simon Peter would have been there for the other post-resurrection appearances, this is the first time that we know of that they talk. Simon Peter stops at nothing to get to Jesus. Simon Peter and Jesus and the disciples all have breakfast together, and then Simon Peter and Jesus talk. And rather than being frustrated with Peter, rather than being hostile with Peter, rather than expressing exactly how hurt he was by Simon Peter, Jesus has one question. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Do you love me more than these? And a question like that drives us to ask, what is Jesus really asking? 
What is Jesus really going for? What, in Jesus' estimation, are these? Could it be that Jesus is asking Peter if he loves Jesus more than he loves the other disciples that are sitting around the fire with him? Could it be that Jesus is making Simon deal with his false bravado? Because on the night that Jesus was betrayed, Peter throws the other disciples under the bus and says, even if they desert you, I never will. And then does. Do you love me more than these other disciples love me? Or could it be that Jesus looks at the boat looks at the nets, looks at the, the tools of Simon Peter's trade and says, do you love me more than these? Are you prepared to give them up and abandon hope of a steady career and a steady job and reasonable comfort in order to give yourself forever to my people and my work? And I think the answer to all of that is yes all of the above, and so much more. What Jesus is really driving at, what Jesus is saying to his flawed and faithful disciple and all of his flawed and faithful disciples, which means, you know, us, is this. If you really love me more than your friends, if you really love me more than your old life, feed my lambs. And this becomes the metaphor for Simon Peter's life. Simon Peter goes from fisher of people to shepherd of the flock. And it all happens, by the way, despite his denials. Despite scattering alongside the other disciples on that horrible night. Despite all the times that Simon Peter got it wrong during his training period with Jesus. He still moves Simon Peter from coward to courageous in God's name and to God's service. And by the way, Simon Peter is never the same. This is the last time that Scripture talks about Simon Peter fishing for fish. Everything else we know about Simon Peter is about how he fished for people. How he fed the flock of God. And how he never looked back. The moment of Simon Peter's denials could have been the moments that broke him. But the worst part of Simon Peter's story is not the end of his story. It isn't the entirety of his story. Because God is in this story. Jesus restored Simon Peter to his good graces and still called him to God's service because Simon Peter went through this awkward and amazing experience of affirming his love even more fervently than he denied Jesus. The reality of our lives is that we will go through things that might break us. 
I know that I have and I know that I will again. That day off that my boss made me take during my junior year of college could have broken me. It could have been the moment where I ran and dropped out of school and quit my job and went back to the family farm. But my worst moments are not my whole story. And guess what? Your worst moments are not the whole of your story. Why? Because God is in this story. God is in this story. The worst moments of your life are not the entirety of your story. And so despite everything that you've been through in your life, let me ask you this. Do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus? Yes. Do you love Jesus? Yes. Feed his sheep. Let us pray. Loving Christ, we give you thanks for the way that you've made your love known to us. We give you thanks for the way that your love meets us when we find ourselves so unmeetable. We give you thanks for being with us in the worst moments of our lives and for loving us not only in spite of them, but because of them. Jesus, help us to remember that you constantly call us and consistently affirm in us the fact that we're useful to you. You have gifted us. You have created us for a purpose. And nothing changes that. Reveal what it means for us to feed sheep and give us the strength to walk in your way all of our days. And all God's people said, Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church. Join us in person or online at 10 o'clock every Sunday morning for worship. And now go in peace and serve the Lord. I want to encourage you after the message to head over to our YouTube channel and click the subscribe button. Over on YouTube, you will find videos of our entire worship service, a video cast of our weekly Cut for Time conversation with Pastor Clay and Eric, songs from our praise band One Way Up, and a bunch of other great things as well. Just search for Canton United Methodist Church. It would mean a lot to have you subscribe.